Hey folks, and welcome to the Musculoskeletal Minute podcast by basicsoforthodontics.com. We aim to boost your musculoskeletal knowledge and increase your confidence in caring for orthopedic conditions through educational and informative discussion. I'm your host and longtime physician assistant in orthopedics, Jason Coggins. Hey there, orthopedic enthusiasts. I hope you're having a great day. Today's episode of the Musculoskeletal Minute, we're going to talk about the rotator cuff, specifically rotator cuff special testing. Um, I've recently done a series of videos on the YouTube site as well as the website basicsofortho.com. Um, just some little instructional videos, and that's what I feel inclined to talk about today. Um, so before we talk about special testing of the rotator cuff, uh, you certainly need to know the anatomy, or at least the basics of the anatomy. So the four rotator cuff muscles are the sits muscles, the supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres minor, and the subscapularis. So their anatomical origin and attachments, the supraspinatus, is in the supraspinatus fossa on the posterior aspect of the scapula above the spine. It traverses under that uh, acromion and attaches to the greater tuberosity of the proximal humerus. The infraspinatus, as the name implies, is below the spine of the um, scapula, and it too traverses laterally under the acromion to the greater tuberosity of the proximal humerus. The teres minor is below that infraspinatus, or inferior to, and it traverses to the posterior uh, proximal humerus. And then the outlier is the subscapularis. That's on the anterior aspect of the scapula. So it's in between the scapula and the posterior uh, rib cage, and it traverses laterally and attaches on that lesser tubercle of the proximal humerus. So just thinking about the anatomy, the muscles on the back of the scapula that attach to the greater tuberosity, if they contract, they're going to externally rotate, specifically the infraspinatus and the teres minor with a little bit of the uh, supraspinatus. That supraspinatus being superior to the spine, when it contracts, it does contribute to external rotation, but it's mainly going to be abducting the shoulder. And then the subscapularis on the anterior aspect uh, and its attachment on the anterior portion of the proximal humerus on the lesser tuberosity, when it contracts, it's going to internally rotate the shoulder as well as AD duct. So we've reviewed our anatomy a little bit. We've reviewed uh, muscle function and physiology. So now we'll talk about testing. Uh, so testing the rotator cuff starts with active range of motion. So we just mentioned what motions the muscles themselves are responsible for or contribute to. So if a patient can perform those uh, ranges of motion, then they do have some muscle function. And true, there are other muscles that are contributing as well, such as the deltoids, uh, the lats, and the trapezius. Um, but if they have active range of motion, then you can get an idea about rotator cuff function. So specifically, if they have full abduction, then that gives you some indication that the supraspinatus is functioning. If they have active external rotation, then that gives you uh, information about that infraspinatus and the teres minor. And then active internal rotation gives you an idea about subscapularis function doesn't give you a ton of information, uh, active range of motion, again, because you do have other muscles contributing. So further testing uh, involves resisted range of motion. So you resist in those planes of motion. So you resist abduction, 
and external rotation and internal rotation. So resisted abduction, you're testing mainly the supraspinatus. If they have full strength but pain, then that can be an indicator of some tendinopathy, but not really. Uh, I'm not really thinking of a significant tear. Uh, if they have external rotation strength that's symmetric to the opposite side but pain, um, then again, I'm thinking tendinopathy and not a significant tear. Now, with external rotation at the side, if they have significant weakness with that in comparison to the opposite side, in my experience, that is a, a, a very key indicator of a likely significant or massive rotator cuff tear. Uh, and when you're testing external rotation at the side, you want to have those elbows pinned into the patient's side and then start off uh, with the, el uh, with the uh, arm externally rotated to about 20 to 30 degrees. If their hands are straight out in front of them, sometimes they can use their deltoids to cheat a little bit. And by externally rotating to that 20 to 30 degrees, you're taking that deltoid out of the equation and really just focusing on isolating the rotator cuff. So again, external rotation at the side um, is a good indicator of, um, or weakness with that is a, a pretty good indicator of significant rotator cuff uh, injury. And then resisted internal rotation, uh, you're checking the subscapularis. Now, special tests, uh, we'll start moving into that. The first one I'll discuss is the, the quintessential rotator cuff, the empty can test. So in the plane of scaption, which is roughly 30 to 40 degrees um, horizontal adduction. So the arms are at shoulder height. Uh, they're not fully uh, abducted out to the side. They're not fully uh, in forward flexion. It's about uh, somewhere in between, you know, 30 to 40 degrees in between. And then the shoulders maximally internally rotated, thumbs down to the floor. By getting in that position, you're elongating that supraspinatus muscle. So you're providing an eccentric stretch. So you're already testing it a little bit by, by putting that eccentric uh, stretch on it. And then you have the patient resist. You're pushing down. They're pushing up. If they have significant pain but good strength, again, I'm thinking that they have some tendinopathy, but maybe not you know, so much tearing. If they have significant weakness with that, then I'm thinking more significant tear. So again, empty can test, um, more of a test for the supraspinatus. You're also getting a little infraspinatus in that as well. The drop arm test is test number two that I'll discuss. And you can do this one really when you're testing active range of motion. So you actively have the patient abduct their arms overhead, and then you have them slowly lower their arms down or, uh, or adduct. Now, when it's up overhead, those deltoids are really what's working, controlling that um, motion coming down. But as you get to 90 degrees and just you know, below 90 degrees, there's a transition period where the deltoid starts letting the supraspinatus uh, take over. So you can imagine if there's a problem with the supraspinatus, whether it's significant um, uh, tearing or tendinopathy, then that's going to affect how that arm is lowered. So if there's a significant tear, that arm's going to drop down really quick. If there's significant tendinopathy that's causing significant pain, 
then again that arm might drop down really quick and that would be a positive drop arm sign. So again that tests the supraspinatus. Um, so those are our two supraspinatus and infraspinatus uh, special tests. To test that subscapularis uh, we've already tested a little bit with internal rotation, and the special test is um, uh, picks up on on that internal rotation. And, and there's really two variations or two versions. One is the belly press, where the patient presses their hands into their belly button, and that's exactly what I tell them to do. Uh, I want you to press your hands into your belly button, and so they press them in and um, bring their elbows forward towards me, and I tell them to uh, keep their hands in that position, don't let them come off their belly and keep their elbows forward. And I'll either press on their elbows trying to push them back or I'll try to pull their hand off of their belly. And if they can resist me with no significant pain, uh, no problems. But if they have weakness with that, then that could very well be an indicator of a subscapularis tear. Um, if they just have pain, it could be more tendinopathy. The Second test for the subscapularis uh, is the liftoff test. Now, I don't perform this one very often because it involves uh, the patient getting their hand to the smaller of their back with the backs out of their hand against the smaller of their back to start with. And sometimes that position in itself can be painful, uh, even if there isn't a shoulder problem. But uh, again, as I mentioned with the internal rotation, of the empty can test, what that's doing, or what the uh, the extension and internal rotation is doing for the subscapularis, it's elongating that muscle, so putting an eccentric stretch on it. So you're already starting to test it just with getting that hand behind uh, the back. Once it's back there, you have them lift their hand off of their back, and then you apply uh, a resisted load, trying to push it back towards their back. Uh, if they can resist you, no problems. If they have weakness or pain with that, that's a positive test and could uh, indicate subscapularis uh, tendinopathy or tearing. So those are my main tests that I use to get an idea about uh, rotator cuff pathology. Um, you know, the physical exam is just part of it. The, the history, what the person tells you is probably 80 to 90 percent of uh, getting the diagnosis. So again, just a recap, a rotator cuff test that we discussed today, simply active range of motion then resisted range of motion, the empty can tests and drop arm tests for our abductors and external rotators, which are the supraspinatus, then the infraspinatus, teres minor is the external rotator. And then our internal rotation um, tests or um, subscapularis tests are the belly press and lift off. So I hope you found this helpful. Um, please leave me some feedback in the comments. If you like this, uh, please hit the subscribe button. I look forward to doing more uh, podcasts for you soon. Have a great day. Thank you for joining in for another informative podcast. I trust that you have found value in our discussion, and I look forward to having you join me for the next episode of the Musculoskeletal Minute. See you then. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. Also, visit and join our website, basicsofortho.com, and check out the informative videos on and subscribe to our YouTube channel.